because the, uh, the maestros would go to each one of us, there was only about 10, 12 of us, they would go to each one of us and sing their ikaro, yeah. typically for us. And as he was coming, you know, he was, they were coming onto my right side, I can hear them singing for everybody else, I immediately felt something happening within me and be like, oh, okay, something's, we're brewing here, like, what, yeah. is, what is coming up? When my dear friend Kat said she would be traveling through our hometown of Samara shortly after sitting in ceremony with ayahuasca, I jumped at the opportunity to invite her onto the podcast to debrief and share her story. Kat shares her beautiful healing journey, how she's reclaiming the relationship with her body, and a vision of the dream she's calling into this world. For those less familiar, ayahuasca is an ancient psychoactive brew that has been used for at least a thousand years by the native people of Central and South America. It's brewed by using a combination of two different plants, chacruna, which contains DMT, and the capivine, which contains the MAOI inhibitors, allowing the DMT to have a lasting effect when consumed orally. Ayahuasca is typically experienced in a ceremonial setting with a shaman to hold space and move the energy. While ayahuasca, or psychedelics in general, isn't for everyone, it can be a powerful tool on the spiritual journey that can help heal deeply stored trauma and allow us to establish a deeper connection with the divine. Before Davina and I sat in our first ceremony in November of 2020, we became fascinated with hearing other people's stories. There was something truly magical about them that made us believe that there is so much more to being human and where we come from. We have yet to share the entire thing, but I promise it's in the schedule for the podcast. As something that deeply resonates for me, I hope to make this into an ongoing series that will be part of the Journey podcast. I hope you enjoyed this first ayahuasca story with Kat Caro. Ready? <laughs> it's funny to finally have this conversation because we've hung out a little bit since we've been here in Samara. And for one, to do an episode in person is always special. But then to have had to abstain from talking about your recent journey to the Amazon to do this whole dieta and sit with the different plants has been difficult for me because I just want to keep yeah. asking you yeah. about it, but I've been saving it for this moment. So how about we start with just where you went and what you did so we have a little bit of background. Yeah, sure. Um, so I recently went to Peru, to Pucallpa, where I was going to be oh. sitting with the Shipibo people to drink ayahuasca. And it was my third time sitting with ayahuasca, um, but never with, um, never in Peru. And my family's from Peru, so mm -hmm. the last time I had drank ayahuasca was in California, which was still a beautiful experience. I knew that I wanted it to be more connected to ancestral, um, my ancestral lineage, which was Peru. Um, so Rohini had, uh, we'd gone to a conversation after Austin, and she told me, she shared me, she said, yeah, I decided to go to Peru. And I took that as a sign for me to, like an opportunity was presenting itself. Mm -hmm. so I ended up jumping right in and be like, yeah, okay, this is my calling to it. And I was excited. Uh, everything leading up to uh, December of this year has been um, transitioning a lot in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, the last six months have been very transformative. And um, yeah, so you know, long story short, I went to Peru and I immediately got off the plane and felt this immense feeling of I'm home. Mm -hmm. And it mm -hmm. was and I hadn't been there since I was 12. I hadn't been to Peru since I was 12. So it's a different mindset of being there. 
and so I had another connecting flight to Kalpa, and it was it was nice. It wasn't anything, you know, not a not a beautiful retreat like I've experienced before. This was very different. We were going to be in a tambo. We were doing a dieta, master plant dieta, um, where we drink ayahuasca and we also drink with a master plant. And my master plant was open sauna, um, and it was an entire experience, one that I had never experienced before, because it wasn't just the medicine, the medicine and the ceremonies that we were experiencing. It was a different way of living that we were experiencing. To be in 90 degree weather in this like wooden tombow, you know, all luxuries taken away. You know, there's no swimming pool or anything like that that I can go and just relax into. The food was very strict as well because they didn't even want to have any salt on your food to kind of, mm -hmm. you know, all sensations just in your mind, like just, you know, be with yourself, yeah. right? So that was uh, something to adapt to, the food. Um, mm -hmm. So for two weeks it was just beans and rice and potatoes and soup and like zero flavor on anything. But, you know, it was a good way to lose a lot of weight <laughs> sweating. Um, were you constricted to your little housing? Like, or were you still mingling with other people right. around? So the first couple of days we were allowed to mingle. But then once we started the dieta, mm -hmm. it also was a diet of silence. So we were encouraged to not speak to one another. Which is also, you know, yeah. I'm a chatty Cathy, so <laughs> for me, and I'm there with my friends. So going through this entire experience, all I wanted to do was just be like share with her and talk to her and just, you know, chat. Yeah. But I understand that it was a time that I needed to be with myself, which is my intention, you know, going down there was a lot of continuing to go on this journey of knowing myself and remembering myself and learning more. And that's what it was. And it was it was hard. A lot of the times I remember just being bored and having so much resistance and just wanting to like sit there and be like, this is, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to do this. I'm sweating. I couldn't sleep at night. It was, it was, it was an intense situation mm. for me to be able to not be comfortable because I find that being comfortable in my own body is, is, is very important to me. I think I even shared that with the maestras on our consultations. My intention was I have a lot of physical pain in mm -hmm. my body, and it distracts me from the other things that I want to focus on in my life. Like, I have this relationship with my body that I want to heal, because mm -hmm. I know it's not all for me. Like, I'm 34, there's no reason I should feel like I'm in the body of an 85-year-old <laughs> time. Right? Right. Just simply sitting in, on the ground is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so, long story short, um, the first night was supposed to be like almost like a diagnosis, they said. It's, we weren't with the master plant yet. We were just with um, ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. And my intention was, um, show me where this pain is com coming from. Show me how to heal this. And the first hour into it, it was just like, okay, this is light. I'm not feeling anything. You know, yep. kind of just daisy. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as the, uh, the maestros would go to each one of us, there was only about 10, 12 of us, they would go to each one of us and sing their ikaro. Yep. Specifically to us, and as he was coming, you know, he was, they were coming on to my right side. I can hear them singing to everybody else. I immediately felt something happening within me. Be like, oh, okay, something's we're brewing here. Like, yeah. what, is, what is coming up? And as the closer that they got to me, I was like, I'm really uncomfortable. Like, everything feels uncomfortable in my body. I'm like, ah, like that anxiety, almost that anxiousness. That no matter what position I take, it's just I'm not. I'm not comfortable. 
And then I sat up, and the maestro was singing to me first, and he starts singing his Icaros, and I was just like, what am I feeling? Like, trying to think, what am I feeling? And I remember just a huge purge of tears. Mm. And I was like, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be alone. I don't like feeling lonely. I don't feel like I don't want to be sad anymore. Like, because I have dealt with a bit of depression this past year. Um, and so I just felt into that, and I just allowed it to just be and released it and had a nice cry for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then my Esther came and I was just like, oof, this is really uncomfortable. My back was hurting, like everything was physically hurting. And I just couldn't, nothing felt good. I, I just, I was, you know, vomiting once, but you know, that's enough for me. <laughs> um, and then I was lying down and then I started to feel like all these emotions rushed to me and it almost felt, for lack of a better word, psychotic. I felt that I was in this mental state that I was never going to escape, but it felt, uh, I felt jealousy, I felt rage, I felt discomfort, um, insecurity, every negative feeling that I feel every female can have in her body, whether it's towards herself or a partner, for example. And I kept asking, like, where is this coming from? Where is this coming from? And I remember visualizing all the women in my life my mother, my grandmother, my sister, my aunts, women that I have never seen before in my life, and knowing immediately that this was emotion that they had not been able to express or been able to really share with anybody else and had to burden on themselves, and it was falling into my my body, into my life, mm-hmm. into my generation. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I was just hysterical crying, like I couldn't bear it. It was very overwhelming, the feeling. Yeah. Um, and I remember just laying down and saying, you're safe, you're protected, you're safe, you're protected. And then just saying, like, this is not mine, this is not my pain, mm-hmm. I do not want this, this is not mine, this is not mine. I just kept replaying it and replaying it in my head. So that was maybe, I don't even know, uh, 45 minutes to an hour, it felt like of that discomfort. And while I thought it was done, I heard the uh, maestros doing their ikaros again and again, that feeling of like, oh God, what are they singing to now? Like my body immediately was back up, like sitting in, an, in another position, like wanting more to, to happen. So I was just kind of sitting in a position where I could be like, okay, I can stand strong in this. What is What else is it that you need to show me? And... Um, I remember asking, like, why is it that I cannot trust in love? What is it? I have this deep issue with trust in general, right? And this is crazy. Like, I say this out loud sometimes to other people. I'm like, is this real? But (laughs) it it felt so very real and so, you know, just accurate for what I was feeling. But I remember uh, visualizing myself in Peru, in Machu Picchu. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell if I was, you know, a male or female energy. I just remember seeing a family and that it was my family and there was a child there and feeling very happy, whole, and loved with the simplicity of my life. Mm. life. But then I remember this sharp, like, energy, painful energy come to me as if it was all being taken away from me. And the only thing that I could think of is conquistadors coming to, you know, kill and take everything and remembering to myself wow this is 
this is an excruciating pain to have everything that I've ever loved taken away from me. Mm. And in that moment, as I was that person in that experiencing that, like anything that is to come after this, nothing can come, nothing good can come after this. So anything after this, like almost a curse was sent down, right? And I felt like that is also something that I had been carrying or, you know, was brought down to me. Again, I was just saying, this is not my pain, this is not my pain, but it was just, whew, like, of course I'm afraid to trust because I was able to see and feel what it is to have that all taken away from you like that in an instant. Yeah. Did you feel like, did you feel the release once you knew where that discomfort was coming from? Did you feel some kind of immediate release in your body? I felt, uh, not in my physical body, I felt um, in a way relieved because, okay, now I have understanding as to where this is all coming from. But after that night, I was inconsolable. I remember just hysterical crying. One of the facilitators had to come lay down next to me and bless her, she was laying down on the floor with me for like an hour as I was crying and just taking, just saying, like, I can't do this, I can't take this anymore. And thinking I have five more ceremonies or four more ceremonies of this and two more weeks of it. This is the first day. So it was a hard way to start the entire experience, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until, you know, maybe the closing of the ceremony that I was able to have perspective on everything and how it unfolded itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that for me, I think that first ceremony was the most, expansive and informative to me and when we were at the closing ceremony I was able to kind of share my whole entire experience where you know my first ever ayahuasca experience was beautiful it was magical it had cracked open my heart you know I think Mm -hmm. we talked about this when we first met it was just wow like I'm awake right whereas this one it was the way that I can describe it is you know when you're in the medical field they always just look for you know, the symptoms, like mm-hmm. how are we going to solve these, here are these symptoms, not getting to the core root of what's happening, the disease. So I felt like that's what this experience was. It's like, we could hand you this beautiful platter of like emotion and, you know, this is the answer to everything that you're now looking for, or we can show you what it is that you still need to work for and give you the opportunity to work for it and heal it yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's what I kind of took away from this. It's like, okay, it wasn't, you know, the beautiful, magical experience that I wanted, but I am now finding the beauty in it in itself because I now know that I have the strength to overcome mm-hmm. everything that has been handed to me and that has been shown to me and presented to me. Like, I'm being shown this because I am strong-willed and strong of mind and strong of heart. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's like, okay, you can handle it, so now we're going to level you up. And, yeah. You know. What I want to say is like about you being uncertain whether it's real or not. Mm. And, you know, I think I do that too. Like I gaslight myself after these experiences. I'm like, eh, I know it happened, but I'm not quite sure it happened. And at the end, like if it does give you the relief and the strength to go through what you need to go through in order to carry on in a more positive way, doesn't really matter if it was real or not. Maybe it's all like mytho- mythological, you know, and it's just imagery. But 
or maybe it is it did happen for real like i i do believe in past lives and so i fully believe you and to me it's not crazy but i know to some people it is and that's fine but if it gives you the right tool to work with and to get back to a stronger physical body and to work through some of the issues you want to work through then fuck it who cares Yeah, and it was interesting for me. I love to see how things come full circle. Yeah. So the master plant that I was dieting with was Bobinsana, mm-hmm. which emotionally it's supposed to help, um, you know, with relationship forgiveness, which I was coming out of a relationship, and just a big heart-opening plant, right? And the two weeks that I was there, I was like, oh, I guess me and Bobinsana did not, like, connect because I did not feel these things. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until coming to Costa Rica when I was um, down in Uvita and I was part of like this beautiful women's um, embodiment, like three-day thing that we had. And there was just us five women. And there was uh, a day, a night that we had, you know, done kind of like a meditation and rituals. And we were just dancing, you know, ecstatic dancing, just us five women on Steph's pool deck. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, how cool would it be if we just started making it rain right now? And it literally started pouring on us, and we were all so giddy, hysterical, laughing. You know, our com- our casual witchcraft, we would call it. Just some casual witchcraft, we just made it rain out of nowhere. But to believe in that, to, to really sit in that and be like, yeah, we can control that. We, we do have the ability, not control it, but to be able to call that in. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to not, um, just like you said, gaslight your experiences and believe in the magic that we are able to create these things. And it was at that moment, I felt very free. I felt very open and felt very comfortable with my body to just like, you know, we were dancing naked, all of us. And I was just the happiest that I had felt all year. And I took a moment and I remember thinking of my mom and I remember thinking of all the women that I had thought of on that first ayahuasca ceremony and like had a beautiful release of crying. It was just happy tears, but it was just like, Oh, there's Bobinsana. Mm. <laughs> this is where, you know, now that I'm allowing her to come and speak with me, you know, like, because, you know, after traveling out of Peru and then there was Christmas and being in New York and just the stress of everything, I was not able to really just sit and be and allow everything to settle that has happened to me the entire year. And to finally have that opportunity to really be with myself and feel into what my body wanted to feel and, like, be showered on, you know, I don't know, it was just a really beautiful, magical experience that me and Rohini just look at each other, and I'm hysterically laughing, and she's hysterically laughing, and she hugs me, and then I'm, like, hysterically crying, (laughs) and then I have to start laughing again because of the ridiculousness of, like, the whole situation, like, wow, this is our life, look at this, you know, and Rohini's, you know, life has been transitioning in such ways, too, and she's been such an incredible friend, and I'm, like, look at what we have created with our lives look at where we are look at you know we're dancing on this mountain looking at the ocean with the sunset and now we're making it rain with women that i love who are empowering and that i am free to be in my own body and not feel like oh am i skinny or do i look better than her like who gives a shit i'm just here with incredible women and i'm completely free like, I am a sovereign being because of this. Like, I decide what I want to do with my life and how I want to be in my own body. Like, that was the biggest takeaway, to have this new perspective on my body more than anything. Yeah. So. The, uh, I don't know if you can see the tears in my eyes, but it brings tears to my eyes because it's 
the, the simplistic beauty of moments like that is, I don't know, it's, just, it's like pure magic. Like in those moments, like you need nothing else. Nothing else matters. You're just like in your body, moving it however it wants to move while admiring like the scenery around you. Like it's, yeah, it's hard to put into words and it yet it's so basic. You know, and then we just pile on all this other shit we think we need to, yeah. we need in our lives or we need to accomplish. Right. But really, all we want is that. But then at the same time, like, if you dance naked to the sunset, you know, 24-7, it might get old also. <laughs> exactly. It's like champagne. You're not going to drink champagne every single day because it'll lose its, you know, luster. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I'm finding that I'm having more moments like that. It may not always yeah. look like dancing in the rain, but I'm happy to have the awareness that I can step back and like even just coming here and sitting down and be like wow <laughs> look at what I'm looking at right now what yeah. a beautiful what a beautiful life you know yeah I've walked away from so much yeah and it was difficult but yeah it's all unfolding so beautifully for me and it's just I get to sit in that and have the time where I get to be by myself and like sit in everything yeah I feel that way too and you know we say like what a beautiful life and sometimes like I feel like in the old story like the the connotation is like i have a beautiful life i get to travel and i get to try these different exotic things and all that but for me now like it's such a beautiful life is just like wow i am here and my feet work and i can see the nature in front of me and it's just like very much basic it's just like a deeper appreciation for what is and that's the definition of a beautiful life now for this trip that I don't know where I'm going to be the next couple. I mean, I, I have a little bit of it planned, but I honestly don't know what to bring with me because I don't know what weather is going to be like anywhere. And feeling like, oh, I just wish I... I'm wearing the same shorts the last, like, three weeks, the same T-shirt. I'm in a bikini all the time. Like, why did I even pack underwear? But it's just... I'm so happy with just the little that I have and need. I don't need much. And I think that's what I've been enjoying about this next phase of traveling is that... I love the simplicity, the minimalism of how my life is, um, you know, giving back to me mm -hmm. in such a way. Like even just driving here, yeah, I've got dirt in my eyes and I'm inhaling all this dirt road, but look at the view, look at yeah. where I get to drive around and, and everything where I am now. Yeah, yeah. So to go back to uh, the more technical stuff, I I actually still don't fully understand what the whole dieting master plan mm -hmm. process yeah, <laughs> is. Yeah. So is it consuming a small amount of that plant on a regular basis? Is it, How ceremonious is it? You just talk me through it so I finally have a clear picture yeah. of what it is. So uh, we do the consultation with the maestro and the master, kind of speak to them as to what it is our intention for the entire two weeks that we are there. And we'll be doing, we did five ceremonies of ayahuasca. They were um, every other day, some like two days in between. But in those days, those 10 days, that you would be drinking your own plant. So every morning we woke up and we had to drink maybe like a shot glass amount of our plant. And that was before we drank water, before we ate anything. Mm -hmm. We they wanted that to be the only thing in our, in our system. And the reason you do it in the morning, again, so you don't have anything else to be digesting and to, to distract from the plant trying to connect with you. And that's also the reason why you have such a bland diet, everything mm -hmm. else, like the least amount of stimulation. You know, I had turned my phone off. I didn't want any, you know, 
you know, connection to anything else. I really wanted to do this. And it was tough. It was torturous. Yeah. You know, I was just like, I need something to do because there's only so many books I can read, so much journaling. I mean, I even tried to draw, but at the same time, I'm sweating in every crevice that I can think of that it's just uncomfortable. And I'm, you know, even if you want to take a nap, I can't. It's just too hot. Um, so you dye it with uh, your plant. And then we have, it's almost like a water bottle size of the plant. And, you know, some of them, I guess, tasted well, good, but mine did not. <laughs> like, Damn, I can't get anything with, like, at least a flavor here. Um, and then, so we have the ceremonies, and the ayahuasca wasn't the main event. It was our master plant, mm -hmm. you know, and so everybody was trying to connect with their plant, like, what is it that your plant wants you to do, trying to really listen to, you know, the quietness, being still, what is it that wants to come out, and usually creativity is the best way to harness those, um, the clarity of what mm -hmm. it is, those messages that are coming to you. Um, I felt more creative, for sure. I was just, I mean, like, I'm not an artist, but I love to just doodle and draw things. And I was, every time I was drawing something, I could see the process and be like, oh, this looks stupid. I was like, no, it doesn't have to. It's like, yep. it's whatever you want it to be. You're not, you're not, it's not, you're not an artist, you mm -hmm. know. So you can create whatever you want, you yeah. know. So, so it, would you, obviously you don't go into like a psychedelic state, otherwise you'd be walking around. The place, you know, yeah. 24 7, right. a little no, bit. Well, sauna, uh, or the master plant didn't give you, at least it by itself, mm -hmm. didn't give you any kind of a psychedelic sensation. But when it was with the ayahuasca, that is pretty much what you are working with. The ayahuasca is just the connector. Like, mm -hmm. That's how I understood it, is that the ayahuasca is there to help you connect with your plant. Mm -hmm. So there was one night, it was a very difficult night for a lot of people. I remember this one gentleman, he's really nice, uh, from Germany, ended up taking like a big glass of ayahuasca, and it was a very difficult night. And what we had learned the next day is that to be very careful with how much you drink, you don't need a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, the plant knows how much you, you know, it's already working. You don't need to have a big dose to have any kind of an experience. And to also be careful with how much you drink, because the maestra and the maestra are also, you know, dealing with that energy, that amount that you have, um, you drank. So kind of use discernment in how much you are taking. And then I think the next day everybody took like very little. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah. Yeah. There's. It, I often struggle with like that mindset of like you need to go for a heroic dose you need to drink a lot in order to like prove something but this is a good reminder that that's not always the case right yeah yeah, yeah. and it's not a pleasant thing to drink but at the right. same time i feel like i had that thought in mind of like i don't need a lot because i've had experiences where i've drank a lot and nothing happened i didn't mm. feel anything I maybe purged a little bit but it was nothing yeah and where i've drank very little and yeah just like the first ceremony i had a very small amount and i had one of the most powerful yeah ceremonies i've ever been in so. yeah this speaks to me because i'm about to embark on a journey of more psychedelics in my life after my first experience a year and a half ago almost and one of the things that i'm wrestling with at this stage is like how much and like n not how much am i going to drink but like I, I feel like a part of me that's challenging me challenging me to go for like those bigger doses and that's telling me that sorry for the 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 wrong word but you're a pussy for not you know not drinking two cups or like inhaling all of the buffo or you know whatever but 
yeah, I, I feel like that's a part of me that needs to be canceled. And, you know, that's not it's talking to its ego. It's like, ego. it's like the spiritual ego that's right. like, prove yourself right. as a real man because by drinking a lot, you know, or doing a huge amount of psychedelics. But yeah, I, it, I just need to remind myself that that's not always the case. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that because I do, I always like to think, I don't know, I don't like to say think. I think I know that medicine's always going to know my heart, my intention, and my motive with everything, right? So if I'm going to go into it and be like, okay, I'm ready for like a big, you know, a, a big message or a big ceremony, a big experience, like I'm going to take a big cup. It's going to like, you know, almost be careful what you wish for kind of a thing. It's, it's, I feel like it really depends on how I'm going into the situation mm -hmm. to just go in with like, okay, patience, allow me to see whatever it is that I need to be seen, to, to be shown. And I always ask for gentleness because I've had too many experiences where I'm like, oh, crap, it was yeah. intense. Um, but I feel, yeah, I feel that your heart is with the right intention. It doesn't really matter, you know, how much or how little you drink. Yeah. I think it's going to reveal to you whatever it needs to reveal with you. And it may not even be during the ceremony, you know. I love the example that it's just everything came to me three weeks later, dancing in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> naked, so you never know, mm -hmm. you know. Do you know why Bobinsana was chosen for you? I, I mean, there were physical benefits to it. Again, I was having a lot of physical back pain and you know, skeletal problems. But I think what the maestra saw, because they asked me, like, oh, do you have any preference on what plant you want? I'm like, not really. I thought of maybe Bobinsana or, or um, Marusa. And then the maestro was like, no, Bobinsada. And they're like, okay, Bobinsada, she said it. And I was like, shit, what did she see? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, I, it was a hard, difficult year for me. And uh -huh. I was coming out of a relationship which I was still trying to heal a lot from. Mm -hmm. And also knowing that I, I eventually do want a relationship that I can be able to trust and feel full love and surrender to the right person. You know, I'm surrendering with trust and not because I think about but. And Bobinsana is um, supposed to help with forgiveness and uh, bring love and creativity in your heart. And I'm also trying to create so much in my life at this moment. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just want to be able to tap more into that yeah. creative side within myself. And I know that comes, I'm a very loving, empathic person. Yeah. Like I need to heal within myself, you know, the trust and the love that I have for myself in order for somebody else to love me. Yeah. So it really spoke to you when that was decided for you. Yeah. It sounds almost like the sorting hat in Harry Potter, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. Um, what were some of the other ceremonies like? So there was one ceremony that um, I kept asking to be shown love and beauty. You know, show me love and beauty, which I never really got to full experience. But there was one night where I had a lot of fun. I remember... I have these uh, oracle cards that I pick every morning, and one of them, the first one, was dolphin spirit on this day, and it's the reminder to play and to be light, and you can you can't ever look at a dolphin and be like not be happy, right? So I kind of went into that uh, ceremony. I was like, okay, just remember to be light, be graceful for yourself. Whatever comes up, comes up. Um, and there was this one time that I remember, I think it was the third ceremony, I was just like, okay, we're healing the medicine now, we're healing the medicine, 
And it's almost like this overwhelming sensation that it almost takes your breath away. Mm-hmm. And I always tell myself, like, okay, you're calm, you're safe, you're protected. And I was like, where can this go? Where can we go? And I remember just seeing this like rainbowy, almost um, as if in outer space in like a wormhole. And there was this, I, it, it, I don't know if I can call it an entity or as, as much as it was just an energy that took a shape. I don't even know, but it was like a geometric colorful rainbow shape and it was almost like we were talking to each other and playing with one another and mm. it was almost like egging me on like okay who can go higher i don't know where we were like in space but <laughs> it was like okay who can go higher i was just like okay okay and then i remember like taking a deep breath in and i was like okay who can hold their breath longer <laughs> and i was just remember the more i held my breath the higher we went i felt I, at least i felt like i was almost mm. flying at this point and then i had to like eventually realized okay you're not breathing so maybe take a deep breath and i just released and i started cracking up and i was like well that was fun (laughs) i was like i don't know what the hell that was but that was a really interesting feeling and then that same uh ceremony i was laying down and i was thinking about i want to call in my next partner Mm -hmm. like i want to call in my king Mm -hmm. I was like, and I remember just thinking, like, okay, like a pen and a paper is next to me. I'm like, all right, I'm going to write out all the qualities. And I was like, no, I think I want to dance all the qualities. I think I would just want to express myself. Mm. I feel like if I move my body, it, like, you know, universe will know exactly what that means. So I remember just dancing there and be like, oh, yeah, like thinking in my mind, he's going to be this, he's going to be that. And I was just like, I think I left that ceremony on a complete opposite, <laughs> you know, viewpoint as the last one where I was just like depressed and sad. And now I'm just like, that was fun. That was just a lot of fun to mm. play with. Um, but those are probably the only two ceremonies. Uh, the other, my last ceremony, I was just having extreme stomach pains, which is a whole other, I think it was a, a big lesson in my physical body of how much I don't, I'm not gentle with my body. Yeah. Um, and I don't treat it very well all the time. Mentally, not like I, I, I treat it well physically as far as like I eat well and I exercise. But I think my judgment of myself is what um, is what I needed to heal. So and I think that was a lot of purging, which was necessary. And it was kind of a calm night. Yeah. I want to stay on the play one for, for a moment there because it mm-hmm. sounds fun. And it's one of my intentions also going into my next set of ceremonies is just to connect to play a little bit more. Mm. It's something that I struggle with in the real world. And when I go into like the dark hyperspace of plant medicine, mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I can play more. And by play, I just mean like explore and try different things and make it fun. And But then I have a hard time bringing it back into the real world. and. Granted, I, I do feel like I play more now than a few years ago, and I give it a, a fair effort, but it's something that I definitely want to call in a lot more yeah. into my life. And, you know, we have two young kids, and yeah. I do want to play more with them, but it's, I don't know why it's a struggle. Like, yeah. yeah. What does play look like for you? Like, even not with them, just for yourself, what do you do? Yeah, it's, it's an important question to ask oneself, and... I have a hard time answering it. Mm. Like, I love racket sports, but I don't get to do that here. Um, I love to swim in the ocean and play in the waves that I do get to do. But aside from that, it's just so much doing things, you know, that life obliges me to to do. Or then, like, 
disciplined rest, you know, meditating, yoga, uh, breath work. I love doing those things, but they're not as playful necessarily. So where and how do I insert play into all of it is kind of what I'm trying to explore this year. Yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult. Even for me, I, it's giving myself the permission, you know, this year or for the rest of my life at this point to remember to play and yeah. play not necessarily meaning with like children or to do actual sports, but just enjoy, enjoy whatever you can in whatever way that you can, you know, if it's going to go walk on the beach and just sitting there and like, you know, doing whatever you want or being with friends and chatting and just I think to me it's just to enjoy, just to allow yourself to enjoy and not feel like you have to be doing something productive all the yeah. time, you know, because I do, I get hung up on that as well, like, okay, I should be doing this, I should have meditated as soon as I woke up, I should be journaling and doing all this, and sometimes I'm like, it's okay, yeah. it's okay that if I'm just going to, you know, allow myself to unfold and relax and be and rest and do yeah. what it needs to be. Yeah, the only thing we should do is to give ourselves the space yeah, to do nothing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Carve out that time and... Yeah. I don't think we're, we're gentle enough with ourselves sometimes. You know? Yeah. I see you taking a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> I see you taking a deep yeah. breath. I know that you've It's like, funny because, like, I know this, you know this, yeah. yet here we are and, like, we're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We right. do need to be more gentle with ourselves. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it blows my mind how much, like, we forget and then we remember and then we forget and remember. Like, yeah. yeah, but I love that we have the awareness to be yeah. like, okay, you know, where in the past I would have beat myself up about it so much and be like, okay, well, it's the same thing as meditation. This thought comes here. All right, let's look at it and then just let it go. Just, you know, yeah, I got it. That was an old habit that I'm trying to get out of. It's always going to sneak up on me, but just give yourself the grace and it'll, you're there, you see it. And Yeah, I was talking about this on John's episode, but... I think the the key is to just shorten the windows mm -hmm. between the remembering and the forgetting. You know, if your forgetting can get shorter and shorter, and you remember on a more co consistent basis, mm -hmm. then you're kind of progressing right. in in a good way. Yeah, I feel like it always ebbs and flows. Like yeah, have moments of like a lot of progress, and then you're gonna have little spots. Yeah, like, you know, I'm feeling not so great, and then it's gonna yeah. just keep on going up and down. I'm trying to remind myself that in the challenging times, there are nuggets yeah. of wisdom and beautiful lessons mm -hmm. in there and they might not be immediate they usually come at a later time but just to trust right. that all of it is happening and it's not because you've lost the magic yeah. or you're not doing enough or right. any of those things you know it's just it, it's the ebb and flow like you said yeah and just kind of surrendering into everything i mean that was one of the biggest <laughs> experiences going to peru i had to connect i had a connecting flight and I was leaving from New York, and, you know, I'm one of those people, like, all right, our flight is at this time, we should be leaving, like, five hours ago, you know, be there super early, and I don't mind flying, I just, like, I like to be on time and not miss then things, mm -hmm. because I don't want to miss the connecting flight, and yeah. there's no reason, I'm going to get there when I get there, right? Yeah. But I remember, uh, I think I had put a message up in, mm -hmm. um, in the Fit for Service app community board, I was like, please, everybody, just pray for me that I make all my flights, because I think I only had, like, an hour and a half in between to catch my flight so and then I was at the airport and my flight was supposed to take off at like 10 30 and we didn't take off until like midnight so I was clearly going to miss my next flight and at that point I was just like all right well now I don't have to rush off of a plane to go catch another plane mm -hmm. and check in and I actually had the opportunity to sit in the airport and journal and really 
ground, get grounded and think about what I was about to step into and calmly like step onto the next plane. I still got to where I needed to get to. Yeah. So now just kind of whenever I'm traveling anywhere, I'm like, I don't need to rush. I'm going to get to wherever I need to get to when I'm going to get there. Mm. So it's also, I, I really, I enjoyed that whole process and to be able to look at it. And I ended up having like a beautiful conversation with somebody while I was waiting for my flight that was like two hours delayed. I was like, I would not have had this conversation mm-hmm. if I were on a plane right now. So to be able to look, like you said, look at those moments and get the little nuggets that we can get out of them is just super. I'm grateful that I can have that perspective on everything as well, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I know it hasn't been a ton of time since that trip, but are there areas of yourself that you've noticed a significant shift? And I know integration takes a long time. I, for me, it's been a whole year, you know, rediscovering different things. But there's also sometimes things that happen in the immediate afterwards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, even like you said, it's been a short time, but I already feel so much of a massive shift within myself. And it's been you know, I guess since the you and I first even started speaking when I first started Fit for Service. But You've changed so much. Yeah, like, And yeah. I did, granted, I didn't know you too much right. before, but like we connected, you know, before we met in person. And I just, you know, I, I've seen you change Thank so you. much. Thank you. Yeah. And I always say, like, I, it's, you are one of the people that I always reflect back on. Like, wow, you know, for somebody. And I think about that first conversation yeah. through a Zoom call because uh-huh. I was thinking about moving here to Costa Rica with a partner that I'm no longer with. And I was very shy and I was very close and very unsure of what I wanted, mm. you know. And then, you know, this whole month has just been an unraveling to who I really am and stepping into myself. And I guess this last couple of weeks since I started traveling has been a beautiful, uh, I don't know, in awareness of what I'm capable of and, and allowing myself to... I don't know, just enjoy my life. I've, I've been constantly living my entire life by somebody else's standards, always thinking of like what I have to do and what I need to do instead of what I want to do. And that is what I'm allowing myself at this point to do. Like everything that I am going to decide on the next step is going to be what I want to do. So I'm going to listen to my body. That's, that's I, what I'm trying to integrate now. I'm trying to heal the relationship that I have with myself because I know once that I heal that, everything else will fall into place, right? So, and I think my biggest thing um, around sex, around self-image, is healing that within myself first before I can help others with that. So yeah, this whole relationship that I have with my body, like hanging out with this person or going here, I'm like, all right, let me sit in it. Does it feel good? Yeah, it feels good. Let, you know, just mm-hmm. the last couple of days hanging out with this person that I met a week ago, I was like, this feels amazing. This is like, and it's not by accident, right? This person is being presented to me for a reason and I'm here in this place for a reason. And I think to answer your question, what I've been realizing is that I'm getting more clear on my intuition and getting more clear on being able to listen to myself and use discernment with everything and it's a relationship that I've not had in my entire life, actually, and it's paying off. It's it's been showing me a lot of beautiful things while I am able to just really sit and listen to even how I want to speak with someone or what I want to say. Being able to like take a couple seconds, say it in my mind, I'm like, okay, is this gonna be good or bad? Is this going to add to the conversation, or, or you know, 
And it's just nice to have that awareness of myself, I think, to, to be able to constructively think of what I want to do, like my next step, like taking each moment by moment by moment. And I don't know, it's just unfolding beautifully. And mm -hmm. it, you know, it's been only a couple yeah. of weeks, but. That's such a simple thing to get out of that ceremony, but yeah. super powerful. And the more you carry it forward, the more it sticks yeah. also. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's been this new perspective, yeah. you know, the chaos that's going on in this world to be able to speak to my parents about everything that I'm going through. Yes, they're my parents, but I'm, I'm also like, Oof, you're just, you're safe for me to speak to. And I've never had that safety before. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that I almost, I, I built that safety for them as well, for them to be able to come to me and speak to me. So it's a beautiful, mutual relationship, I guess. Yeah. You know? You were saying, like, you know what you want to do. Is there something specific you want to birth into this world? Mm. Do you have a dream that you want to so share? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was uh, speaking about this the other day, and, like, I love to kind of go, like, a, with a big rant about it, but... Um, Sorry, I just want to say, I, I know I'm putting you on the oh. spot, but I also, I believe in the power of speaking our dreams. Mm. I feel like we're conditioned to hold on to them in case they don't work out. And I've posted about my dreams, not my nighttime dreams, but like the things that I dream of. And for me, it just gives me more, like it becomes more real in those moments. So I hope you don't mind me putting no, you on the spot. I agree 100%, okay, thank good. you. Um, but yeah, I've been more excited to speak about them because of that, the more I speak about it, like yeah, I'm stepping into this and speaking about it as if it's already happened. Right, mm -hmm. but um, as I was explaining to your wife earlier, that uh, I was raised with parents who never taught me about sex, about my body, about anything, and I now see as an adult that that is what I want to heal the most, but I also want to offer the most. So I am I have created my podcast as well called um, "Becoming Who I Needed," which is I want it to be a platform where I have discussions with people talking about the ways that, uh, how they were raised to learn about sex and their relationship with sex, about their bodies, and how that almost molded them into the person that they are as adults, because I feel like it has a lot to do with who we are, like whether it's self-confidence and, you know, traumatic experiences, everything. It's, it's who we are as a person now, and especially our relationship with sex, whether it's wrapped up in shame or guilt, or you had the most, like, hippie-loving parents who you know, we're walking around naked all the time, still we all have these different um, foundations of how we were taught about it. Um, and now learning that our body, just as I'm learning to be more connected with mine, um, our body and our relationship with sex, it's, it's so important. It's, uh, you know, sex is almost our life energy. It's like our source life energy and it can be very powerful and, and can create a lot of beautiful things if done with the right person, mm -hmm. the right intention, or just by yourself. So wanting to create this um, new story for people that have better relationships with their body first, especially young women, young girls, um, because I didn't have that myself, and I want to try and create something that educates properly, and not abstinence. I don't want to tell you, like, don't have sex until you're married. No. I want to teach you about your body and what feels good for you first and to be able to 
be comfortable in your own body to know how to use discernment if you were to get into a relationship with somebody to do it for the right reasons and how beautiful sex can be and that relationship can be if it's done properly with both parties having the confidence and you know the strength within themselves to bring you know the two together you know yeah. and having value for yourself because i think that's a big thing that i was never taught when i was younger is having self-value self-worth and i carry that as an adult you know mm -hmm. learning I'm still learning how to have confidence in myself and have value with myself. Yeah. I feel like we're, we've barely scratched the surface as a society or, you know, species on how to have a healthy relationship right. around sex. Yeah. And, and so I decided not too long ago to join the Layla Martin coaching program. Right. She has Vegeta Sex, Love, and Relationships, which I just started. And I think with this, it will open... I don't even know if open doors, but at least just make me feel like, okay, I have something to offer that's solid. You know, like I have the beautiful dream that I want to offer this, but like what, you know, physical or not physical, but like what concrete, you know, material can I offer to people that will, I know will really help them, mm. whether it's relationships, couples, or just the individuals. Um, a lot of it is uh, dealing with sexual trauma, which I, I want to help a lot with. Mm. So yeah, that's, and you know, the big picture is creating, you know, having my podcast is something that I want to do, but also having this, I dream of like having retreats that I can have couples kind of like rekindle that, that, that mm. between mm -hmm. them and, um, because you know, yeah, life happens and things happen and we kind of lose that within ourselves and I don't know. Yeah. But I shared that dream with you. I mean, I'm in a, I've been. In, you know, in a very committed relationship for 15 years with its sets of challenges, but ultimately, I think we've grown together so much, and I see the beauty of having a, re you know, a committed relationship that's based in honesty and trust and growth and vulnerability and. Yeah, I want that for everyone. So I I shared that dream with you. Also, it's just another way of communicating yeah. with the person that we love that we sometimes forget how to communicate, mm -hmm. ask for what we want or ask for what we need in the moment and being able to feel safe to speak about those things with one another. So I'm excited. I'm excited to create and there's yeah. a lot of things that I want to do with it. Um, but another kind of under the same umbrella with the sexual trauma, like I'm very, I feel very deeply into um, trying to wouldn't say solve but do my part in any way that I can to kind of heal this whole sex trafficking you know terribleness that's happening in this world um, yeah. especially living in San Diego being very close to the border there was a lot of cases of it just thinking of children and how would I be able to you know once they are you know rescued and um, brought out of those situations they're sometimes forgotten and just kind of sent away and you know there's there's energy there's trauma there that's going to be with them for the rest of their lives so i want to be able to provide a kind of a program or some kind of care for them to be able to you know whether it's breath work or meditation and you know creativeness to be able to help heal them from those things and reconnect again with their body because i can only imagine the trauma that that would do to a physical body mm -hmm. to leave your body and abandon it which is of course understandable yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you. I commend you for Thank you. 
all that you want to accomplish and I have no doubt it'll bring a lot of good to this to this world. Thank you. I yeah. think so. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for it, and I think it's important. You know, I, I I have not gone through such terrible things, but I've gone through enough things to know that I don't want anyone to ever have to feel this. Yeah. Especially, you know, I have two nieces and a nephew, and I, I don't want them to ever have to feel like they have no one to talk to, no mm-hmm. one to speak to, or be you know, curious or confused and insecure about what's going on with their body and you know, the sexual feelings that they may be feeling, we're all going to come through, we're, got, yeah. we're all going to experience it, we're all going to go through it, all going to experience it, but it, we need to start informing them, we need to start having those hard conversations that may be uncomfortable, because I feel my situation and the things that have happened to me are, are proof of what, like, almost a cautionary tale, like, not knowing these things has gotten me into a lot of situations that could have been very dangerous, mm-hmm. thankfully they weren't, and I'm grateful for all of them because they have led me to this moment, but at the same time, I, I, I don't wish them upon anyone else, and I know how they could have been kind of prevented if, if I had more information. So it's almost like information is power, right? Like informing yeah. them and, and letting them know so they can make their own decisions. Yeah. We are talking about this earlier, but what a beautiful time that we live in that, yeah. you know, you and I are having this conversation, and you're going to do all this work with all these people. Like, all this stuff was like maybe not completely non-existent, but at best it was taboo, you know, like 20, 30 years ago when we were growing up. So I'm grateful to live in a time where, you know, we're one of like probably tens of thousands of conversations taking place today on difficult topics that we all need to work through. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a question I love to ask all of my guests on the podcast. You might've heard it at this point. What is spirituality to you? Hmm. I mean, looking out at this view, I think, you know, from reaching it back from my first ayahuasca experience where I felt a deep connection to everything, especially to the earth, especially to myself. So I think now spirituality, now that I can, I'm not, you know, I I separate it from religion. I think they're two very different things in my opinion. But I think the spirituality is the awareness that we are connected to absolutely everyone and everything and living in a way that um, honors that, honors that connection. You know, the way, how you do one thing is the way that you do everything. So the way that I treat you, I'm going to treat everybody the same way and the same way as myself. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to, you know, yeah. Easier said than done on some days, yeah. but, <laughs> but that is. That presence and yeah. I'm very aware of myself with everything that I'm mm. everyone that I'm with, and really just take all the golden little nuggets that come yeah. out of every situation. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Where can people find you? Um, so I just started my podcast. If um, I will be doing more of that, it is uh, at Becoming Who I Needed on Instagram. You can find it on Spotify as well. And then just my regular Instagram, if you want to see what I'm doing on my travels, it's at uh, cat2787. And that's it. More, more to come. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for joining me. I love you. I love and you I'm, so much. Uh, thank you. <laughs>